0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey,
1: everybody. This is Richard Deitch, and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. Uh, Three guests this week for one conversation. I really enjoyed this. Um, This was really interesting and right on the news. We have Apple and Major League Soccer match analyst Marcelo Balboa, Daniel Slayton, and taylor twelman and they will be talking about what is a pretty bold new experiment in um in sports media circle starting february 25th mls season pass will be home to all mls and league cup matches uh mls next pro and mls next games um you've probably read about this but uh everything is under the apple roof at the moment and uh it um Yeah, it's sort of like a sort of one sort of a revolutionary concept and they their plans for just all sorts of shoulder programming and how they're going to do the game will really be watched by other places to see how a, uh, you know, how a league does with its main media rights partner, a streamer. And we got into a lot of uh, a lot of the questions that I imagine you might have for them in terms of why they decided to pursue it, what they feel are the biggest challenges and opportunities. Um, Got into the idea of like, what happens if other places like ESPN don't start mentioning MLS because they don't have the rights anymore. So we got into that, talked about how independent they can be in terms of what they can say uh, about the league. And then we finished up with uh, the prospect of Leo Messi coming to Inter Miami and what that would mean. And I think everybody on the podcast, including the host, we all agree it would be game-changing. Um, we're talking about, I think, the most famous athlete in the world. Um, if he's not the most famous, he's, you know, he's in the top three. And so it would be, it would be incredible, basically, Pele 2.0. So Marcelo Balboa, Daniel Slayton, and Taylor Twelman coming up on the Sports Media Podcast. All right, as I said at the top, I'm really excited to have these three guests. For starters, the fact that logistically it worked out was phenomenal. They have a very, very busy couple weeks ahead of them, and so to get their time all together in one place is very cool. And I think uh, certainly those of you who are fans of soccer are going to find this interesting. But I think if you're just a consumer of sports media, which I assume everybody on this podcast is, you'll find this interesting as well, just given where they are working now. My guests are Apple and Major League Soccer match analyst Marcelo Balboa, Daniel Slayton, and Taylor Twelman. They all have played, obviously, professionally. Um, you've seen many of these people as active athletes on television. In addition to the fact that all three of them have now done broadcasting for uh, a long, long time. Uh, multiple outlets, obviously, Marceau and Taylor, you would have seen at ESPN during World Cups. Danielle, of course, you would have seen at Fox. And I am pleased to be joined by Marcel Baba. Danielle Slayton, Taylor Twelman, welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. Thanks for having us. Hey, hey. Yo, yo. All right. All right. I'm going to direct questions to each of you because that'll be the easiest way to do it since there's three of you. You're in three different, literally in three different states. And Taylor Twelman, to his credit, is doing this at uh, a major international airport in the United States. So good on him to, uh, to do that. Let me start with you, Danielle. Um, the three of you were among the initial group of announcers who were introduced to be calling the first season of MLS season pass on Apple TV. Why did you decide to pursue this role? Why was this an interesting assignment for you?
2: I I, I like to be part of things that are growing, things that are new. Um, and this certainly is game-changing in the world of sports and sports media. Um, I love football. I love soccer. Um, I love telling stories and I think that this platform is going to help provide me and us the opportunity to do that. Um, and I like being, you know, on the forefront of things. And I think this certainly is.
1: Marcella, same question. Um, you know,
3: when you've been around MLS for a long time and you've seen it grow from where we started in 96, to where you're at, to where we're at, um, watching the soccer develop, watching the media develop, watching the television rights develop and how they've switched when you have an opportunity to be a bigger part of this league, to be able to hopefully every weekend uh, let people enjoy the game of soccer, to hopefully bring new fans to this uh, A wonderful sport we all love to play so when the opportunity came up um especially on the spanish side it was very appealing to me because i've been doing stuff with univision already so to be able to to hit another language barrier which i've enjoyed working on the spanish side seemed like like a no-brainer you're on the front foot of modern technology you're with one of the biggest companies in the world And when you're talking about MLS and you're talking about seeing this game grow globally, now you'll be able to see it globally. So those are some of the reasons.
1: Taylor, I'm going to ask you the same question. You've answered this as well. Um, The three of you are obviously unique in terms of your your reasoning as to why you wanted to do this. But the reality is you were coming from ESPN in a very high profile role, probably the, I mean, the, uh, take this for what it's worth, but sort of the face of soccer at that major company. Um, and you also had the platform to do other stuff, not just soccer, but you can go on there, you know, morning shows or afternoon shows or whatever. So that's an interesting job. You decided that this opportunity was something that you really wanted. So the same question I asked Danielle and Marcelo: why, why was this the right time for you to make this move? Because for the
4: first time in 27 years, there is a media platform and a media partner that has the exact same energy and the exact same ambition that the league has. And I think Danielle and Marcelo understand this now that they've been on board. I've been hearing about it for the last six, seven months, Richard, is that this league is prepared to go to new heights. They need to go to new heights. And the way Apple goes about their business has always been unique to me because they open up a blank piece of paper, and they write down how can we make the consumer experience better. Danielle, Marcelo have been unbelievable ambassadors in their generation of our game and of this league. But in 2022, Richard, there were 62 different start times for games. So Apple alone comes in and says, we want to change this. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to simplify the schedule. That is something all of us that have been around this league and around this game have been waiting 27 years for. So what convinced me was the energy, the resources, and the ambition of Apple wants to take Major League Soccer where they've always wanted to go. They just haven't been able to go there. And I think with the World Cup coming here in three and a half years and also with different expansion teams like St. Louis and whoever the 30th team is, I I just think we're going to be talking about something completely different, Richard, when you call us three and ask us in 12 months, 24 months, and ultimately 48 months of what this league's going to do.
1: I'm happy to do that, Taylor. Maybe you won't be at an airport that day, but so (laughs) we'll we'll see what happens.
4: Just for your listeners, Richard, every Tuesday I come to LaGuardia or or Logan Airport just to introduce (laughs) people to me and see if they recognize me. As you can see, I'm sitting by myself.
1: Yeah, by the way, uh, this is such a tangent. And Marcel, if you haven't been there, or Danielle, you haven't been there. Laguardia Airport. I, I'm a, I live in Toronto now, but I'm a longtime New Yorker. That is my home. It was literally the worst place on earth to, to be at. <laughs> oh, no, it, was, it, it was. has it, now it, turned. You agree, Taylor, right? It has now turned around. It it is like it is an incredible airport now. I cannot believe that as a New Yorker. Richard,
4: we were one step. The old Laguardia was one step from Hades. Like it was pure. Hell. I agree. Like literally, yeah. I think the devil was in the basement, and you just had to go down the escalator to the basement. Now I'm sitting right. here, dude. I listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna have anniversaries here. I'm gonna have kids' birthday parties here. This is <laughs> amazing.
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 like a new world. All right, Danielle. Um Taylor mentioned, and I want Marcelo to answer this too. Uh Taylor mentioned he was excited or he is excited about sort of Apple, how Apple pursues things, their innovation. It's obviously one of the most famous companies on earth. I know we are still relatively new, but have you are are you able to decipher yet? What is different about working for Apple slash MLS than some of your other places that you've worked for, like Fox, et cetera?
2: I think we'll we'll have a better answer to that question probably in a few short weeks. But as Taylor mentioned, I mean, the energy, the enthusiasm, the, the focus on the consumer fan has been um, part of the conversation in a way that I don't think I've ever experienced pri- previously. So I think that's big. Um, but to me, as somebody who... Grew up in the Bay Area. Like nobody's from here anymore in San Jose, but I am. <laughs> Apple is right down the street um, for me. Yeah. And Apple was born, I think, four years before I was born. So I've kind of had this wow. journey. <laughs> um, I, I joke that you're that to- old, Danielle. I'm that young, <laughs> Taylor. Thank you. Um, but I joke that I used to, you know, play the Oregon Trail on my Apple II computer, um, and now the fact that <laughs> that, that I get to be a part of this and the new evolution and the innovation of Apple as it continues to grow is something that's that's really special. Um, but I think too, just as Taylor talked about the energy, the enthusiasm, the focus um, on the consumer fan is something that I really, really do value. And I think if we do our jobs right, um, we're gonna help change the landscape of the way that media is consumed in the country and across the world. Um, and I really feel like confident in that. Um, and I think it's going to be, we're either going to get an A or an F. Like it's going to be fantastic and people are going to make this jump. And I believe that we can, and we we shoulder that responsibility or people aren't going to make the jump. I I I believe that they will because of this sport and because of the way that we are building it and putting it and presenting it to the world.
1: Marcelo, I want to ask you the same question, just with sort of one addition. Um, you're unique in that you've worked for Spanish language television where passion is never an issue. And that sport is treated you know that's short it, If depending on your network, that sport is treated as the NFL yeah. is treated by ESPN or by CBS. So you've had different experiences in that. You know you've you've been in places where soccer really is sort of treated right for for to to sort of make it easy. So what about for you? Again, understanding that you're in a, you're, the ten your tenure at Apple is very yeah. short, but I think your answer would be interesting just because you can compare it to some places that really have gone all in on the yeah. sport. Um, when you have.
3: Uh, Spanish language or Univision, it's multi-platforms from like Mexican league national team. Uh, you've got euros, you've got everything. So um, the, the emphasis was never, unfortunately, MLS 100%. So, but the enthusiasm and the passion that uh, that the play-by-play guys will make it sound when the coach go get a drink of water, you should turn from the kitchen and look at the TV really quick because he makes that even exciting. So it's just a different uh, different way of looking at it. the The Spanish fan loves stories. they love to hear their players. they love to hear the excitement in a player's voice and a coach's voice in the play by play the analyst. So um, again only one we've only done one game and that was the uh, Houston Dallas last weekend. but it's just uh, I- I'm excited because as a broadcaster, I'll be honest with you as a broadcaster, I've been broadcasting for the Rapids, and sometimes it's very difficult as a broadcaster to be neutral, okay? When you're doing a regional broadcast for your team, I think Danielle kind of knows, cause she did San Jose. The idea of yeah. Apple telling us, be firm, be honest, be, be basically biased to both teams. If they play well, they play well. If they don't, they don't. Be honest to your audience. And that makes it for me, uh, a lot easier, a lot freer to be able to express yourself and see what you see right and wrong on both sides. So that's what, for me, is 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 a huge bonus. It's just being able to call a game neutral and to be able to just enjoy what you see out on the field.
1: Taylor, this is for you, and um, you're in a unique position to answer this one. Um, there's no doubt that MLS slash Apple will put mega resources into this including the marketing of it i think most americans will at least know this exists and then it'll be up to sports fans to see if they decide that they want a sample or not what other leagues have experienced though uh and you know this having been an espn employee is that when espn does not have the rights to a certain league they don't always highlight it the way they do with uh leagues that they have the rights to so i want to know what your concern level is in terms of other entities Covering and talking about MLS because now everything is under this sort of singular operator in Apple?
4: That's a great question, Richard. Uh, obviously, we joke around. I'm here in New York, but I saw a Times Square billboard, video billboard on Apple this morning and yesterday that is unprecedented. The league's never seen that. I've seen what Apple's going to do in the first three and a half to four weeks. It's more than MLS or any other entity has done. Uh, I saw the studio this morning. So for the listeners right now, this is what, uh, February 22nd, we're talking on February 25th, you will see a studio for the whip around that is unprecedented. And so what's going to happen, Richard, in the, the base of your question is, is very smart because Look at what ESPN did with the NHL for 15 plus years when it was at NBC. They're not going to be able right. to ignore this. And here's the reason why Copa America is going to be hosted in the United States in 2024. The World Cup's going to be here in 2026. The ESPN and NBCs of the world that don't have any say in these entities, it's still news. It's still a big thing happening. And so if the base of your sports centers and your news programs are, are what's going on and what's popular, Danielle and Marcelo will tell you with what World Cups happened in 99 and 94 in this country, what 26 is going to do and what MLS can do on the backs of that, they're not going to be able to ignore that. The other aspect of this, Richard, that very few people are still talking about, and, and I'm trying to do my best to educate, and in, in, in Marcelo and Danielle understand this, There's free games on Apple TV. They're not all behind the paywall. Some of the content is not all behind the paywall. So you're drawing people in to see it. And then ultimately your subscription as they're going to unveil this as the season goes, it's short money for what you're going to get as a fan. There's one place you have to go in the entire world to get MLS. That's unprecedented. There's no blackouts. There's nothing. It's the same time, same place in 108 countries. No other leagues ever had that, and I think that's where the upper hand for Apple is going to be. And I think it's going to be it's going to be unlikely that the ESPNs, NBCs, CBSs in America, but also the entities around the country, the world, they're not going to be able to ignore it. And especially if Messi shows up in Miami on August 1st, you can't ignore it. You're just going to naturally have to follow it. So I don't think it's going to be as huge of a roadblock as maybe as it was in years past.
1: That's interesting. I'll get to, we'll get, we'll end on Messi because I obviously think that's a really important question. Um, Danielle, do you, do you agree with that? Do you agree with sort of Taylor's thought process that the Lee can't be ignored? Because one of the questions that, um, you know, that, that in my world, sort of when you're sort of analyzing media is, are the games enough to make the sell for the consumer now i think the look is going to be great i think the coverage is going to be off the charts i've seen the preview as taylor talked about of the whip around show in studio i mean you know we're we're talking high-end you know network level stuff if not beyond network level but you guys all know this like the reality is like this isn't the premier league it's mls and um, and it has its challenges or it's had its challenges with viewership not necessarily in attendance the attendance of the league is amazing, but viewership there's been challenges. So, how do you see what Taylor is talking about in terms of awareness, marketing, and and the challenge of getting people to sample? You know, just be, beyond anything else, to sample the product to talk about the product. I mean, I,
2: I'd be interested to hear what Cello and and Taylor have to say in this because they are players in this league, right? They've been around it, but I certainly think that you know, for for a long time, we heard the mantra that that soccer is not worth watching. And we know that that's not true anymore, right? We know that consumers are tuning in to this game. And I think the same is true for major league soccer. Um, For a long time, people thought, eh, I'm not that interested, this isn't great. We all on this call, we know that that's not true. And we see the steps that are being taken by fans, by companies to, to help continue to drive this sport. And I think the reality is, is for a long time, People see the global game as foreign. It is not foreign. It is American and it is here. And it we are part of that global landscape. And I think that it continues to evolve for the, the consumers, for the fans. Um, and I think we're going to see that over time. In addition to the fact that we've got, as Taylor mentioned, all of these major, major um, world events like Copa America, like the World Cup that are going to just be that extra rocket fuel to, to drive this home to the viewer.
1: Marcel, I'll get your your uh, your thoughts on this because um you know and Taylor's conceit here is that like it's too big to ignore and ultimately these other places um have to cover it. and I should be specific here. Like, you know, a place where I work, the athletic, it's obviously going to cover MLS. It has multiple beat writers covering it. I think as many local papers that at least still exist, they will cover it. But there is a reality in like the United States that like in particular, ESPN has a lot of sway when it comes to setting the conversation of, uh, of sports on a given day. So that's something that I will be interested in to see outside of those who cover the league. How much coverage does the league get?
3: Um, listen, it's, I played in 94 and I knew what it was like playing in the 90 World Cup and not having anybody care. Um, staying in rundown mm-hmm. hotels. a day per diem. I played through those days and those that era. So when 94 came around, how people, and I'll say how it opened their eyes of what soccer was, because nobody knew that there was an American team. No one knew really what the World Cup was about. And next thing you know, it exploded and it's the most watched or most attended uh, World Cup to this day. So just like in 99, how the women win the World Cup and sell out a stadium that no one thought they were going to sell out because it's the United States. Oh no. So do we compare ourselves to the EPL? We shouldn't. We are a global market. We are a global league. We are selling players all over the world. Uh, Big teams from Manchester United Juventus are coming and taking our players. So it's like anything else. I think you have to be willing to open your eyes a little bit. I think you have to be willing to give this league a chance um, experience it at game day, not just, you know, one game out and in it's an experience and that's what it's about. And uh, I think that's where sometimes we get stuck up a little, just stuck on it a little bit is that we Agreed. compare MLS to every other league in the world. Well, you know what? We are 27 years new compared to hundred years and look how close we are to Liga Mequis right now. We are right yep. on their footsteps. Yep. We are right on their door and they know it just like the Mexican team. They're deciding between U.S. players and Mexican players, double nationality. They're leaning towards the United States now because they see this market. They see the ownership. They see the stadiums. Look at St. Louis. Holy crud. I saw. I haven't seen it yet. I am so excited to go to that stadium and see what they've done there. So um, as you can see, I get overly excited about what I love in this league that we all came back to help start. It's just about giving it a chance, not comparing it to other leagues. I remember putting it this way. After 94... Everybody, when the league started, everybody was comparing the football you saw on the field to the football you're seeing in 96 in MLS. You can't compare national team leagues. So it's very strange to me that people would do that. So I've seen it grow from the initial. I've been here since 96. And yes, we've had our lumps. We've gone up, we've gone down, we've gone good, and we've gone bad. But overall, the foundation is the most important part when you build something. And the foundation's there, and it's getting bigger and it's getting better. And that's why you see so many people wanting to be a part of it. You're coming to see why people are coming to take our players because we can freaking play. We can play. We are no longer that donkey that just kicks the ball long and heads the ball. And that's an American player. Hell no. So I think with the now strictly Apple being put on TV, the newer cameras, the, the, the talent they put together, that no soccer that's played soccer and understand soccer and how to explain it to the audience. Listen, it, we're not far off from being right up there where we want to be, where MLS wants to be. And uh, and I'll leave it up there because I know Taylor's itching to get in there. Get in there, Taylor. Go.
4: Well, no, there, you both bring up great points. But Richard, to answer your question, ESPN had MLS for 27 years. How much did they do on SportsCenter? The, the, the soccer people within that company were doing anything and everything they could to claw, to scrap, to do whatever they could. And so that's why... This is more of, and I use the phrase because it's ridiculous to use the word startup when it's with Apple and MLS, but there's two entities that are aligned with energy, resources, and ambition, and that's to answer your question. So When I say that St. Louis City has 63,000 season ticket deposits, that's too big of a news story. For the NHL and ESPN, when they're there Saturday afternoon doing a game on ABC, and then they see a drone shot on March 3rd of 30,000 people at a pep rally before the game starts. See what I'm saying, Richard? It's just there's a momentum now behind it, and Apple's going to put it on the forefront. And that's up to ESPN whether or not they want to do that. But I'm not so sure the league has to have that anymore with how media on TV is changing to answer your question.
1: Hmm. I appreciate that. Danielle, I want to add this, this is for all of you, but I'll start with Danielle. Um, You know, the, the realities of the season are such where you would in theory have the opportunity to um, call other leagues, call other um, soccer matches. I don't know if And and again, if you don't want to get into this contractually, I respect it. But I did want to ask all three of you, like, do you have the ability, if something comes off as a one-off, to be part of, away from obviously your MLS responsibilities, or if it happens to be, let's say, a tournament that doesn't exist within the the MLS season? Because that would be interesting, I think, to my listeners to see, well, okay, you're doing this, but you also, if something is a one-off that you know, another company or something has interest in you, can you do it? Yeah. I I mean, I can't speak for for
2: anyone else. I can only speak for, for myself. Um, I'm incredibly excited about doing this major league soccer stuff um, and and getting into the season. Um, But also too, and particularly for me, like, pushing the women's game forward in these major global events is right. a, a huge passion of mine. And I'm credit to, to both major league soccer and Apple. They said that they have been willing to be flexible with me when it comes to that. So, um, I haven't made any decisions. I haven't had conversations yet about what that could potentially hold for me for the women's world cup, for example, this summer. Um, but it's certainly on the table. Right. Um, but when it comes to professional soccer, major league soccer, um, Apple is, is my home and I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah.
1: Is your home. Yep. Taylor and Marcel, same thing again, it, obviously if it's domestic, this is not a conversation, but do you have the flexibility? If uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll be, uh, do a hypothetical tale. Fox says, Hey, we want to rent you out for six weeks for the 2026 world cup. Um, do you have that flexibility to do that if that uh, if it itself.
4: presents itself but i've made a promise to apple and mls that it will be in unison with them i did not want one party to have a say over the other but unlike my history where it was right. exclusive to espn and abc there is flexibility to do things but i haven't even thought about that honestly richard because <laughs> i wouldn't mind a day off um, and yeah. So we'll see what comes from there, but there is flexibility. And from my understanding, that is flexibility for a lot of people.
1: Marcel, um, you want to panel that one? Although your agent would say your agent would, of course, say no, don't listen, talk about I, any of this. I'm but, a
3: straight up guy. So yeah. I'm too old for mind games and screwing around. So
0: um,
3: we've been, we've been, we've right. been, let's, let's just Appreciate be honest. Um, Apple's been great. Absolutely fantastic with the flexibility they have. I had other commitments with, uh, with Univision. Uh, before I signed my Apple deal, right. under the assumption that I told them that my my loyalties to Apple, uh, Univision understood that. So if there is other stuff that's out there, be it Copa America that doesn't interfere with MLS and the league or Nations League, some of the commitments I already had with Univision, I am and I am allowed to do those. And it'll be to my discretion if I really, if I want to do that, or if I don't want to do it. But my priorities um, right now, or Apple. This is too big of a project. Um, it's a league that's going to push what we've always wanted. Because remember, we we helped start this league. We all left Mexico, Europe to come here and see this league grow, and to see this league at where it's point now, where it's it's going into this next phase of promoting this game that we love. Um, I love to be a part of it. So, but I do have the flexibility with uh, with Mexico, with doing then in Mexico to do the world cup in 2026. If that opportunity arises.
1: Taylor. I want to ask you this question, obviously, Marcelo and Danielle, you're welcome to sort of weigh in after Taylor uh, answers. Um, Taylor, one of the things I always appreciate about you at ESPN is that you were very honest with how you felt about um, whether it was the U S national team, whether it was MLS, whether it was a global soccer issue. Um, And you were like that, by the way, if, ESPN had the rights to said property or not. So I want to ask you about sort of freedom when it comes to being critical of things in MLS on your broadcast. Obviously, I, I'm taping this literally a day, I just sort of transparency for the audience, a day after uh, two of my athletic colleagues um, were not allowed in a media day event in Inter-Miami because the Inter-Miami club, I think, thought that I'm not even sure exactly what they thought to be blunt, but the, 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 there was Inter-Miami was not particularly happy with an interview given by their coach or the timing of it, but I, for the life of me, I can't really understand what the issue was. Not to mention, I think Neville's a great quote for the league. You should celebrate that personally. Anyway, that is that aside, um, so where do you feel? like? Do you feel like you're going to have the freedom to say some things that you absolutely said at ESPN um, because that has sort of been, uh, I hate to use this phrase, but that's sort of been your brand. Whether you like Taylor Twelman's opinion or not, I think people have to respect, have always respected you for speaking your mind.
4: Yes, and that will always continue. That was never discussed, never even brought up. Uh, so it could be whether or not Miami is not allowing access to two athletic reporters, which I, even today, to the MLS people, were asking, I, uh, I'm missing the point of the story to whether or not some team's doing this. It's never been brought up to me. Uh, I've been in all the rooms when they've spoken to the other talent. Uh, Richard, it's never been brought up. Now, will it be brought up at some point? Absolutely. We can't be naive to not think that if you're going to talk negative about something. But, Richard, what people don't understand is my... Marcelo was calling games at ESPN. This is where I I always respect the hell out of what Marcelo Balboa did. He did games in English for ESPN when I was playing. Now he's doing them in Spanish. He knows the drill at ESPN. He knows where I came up, but I came up at ESPN learning from Bob Lee, learning from Mike Tirico, learning from these guys. The first thing they always taught me was you have to be able to have an open line if someone disagrees with me. If you're going to have a hot take, If you're going to have a strong take, which obviously everyone knows I do, you got to be able to take the call from said party. That's going to yell at you, scream at you and argue their opinion. That's always been my case. So just because my mic flag has an apple on it and it doesn't say ESPN doesn't mean I'm not going to give my opinion, but it also doesn't mean in the previous 14 years, I was doing this regarding MLS or or FIFA or whatever it may be. And I wasn't having conversations behind the scenes, the same, the same thing happens. It's just going to be interesting to follow as certain things come up. And I think if we were on air, I can guarantee you, Daniel Slayton, Marcelo Balboa and Taylor Twelwood would be asked, what is inner Miami doing? And I can promise you all three of us would say, I'm not totally sure. We're not (laughs) really sure what they're doing because you're creating a mountain out of a molehill. So that's never been brought up, Richard. I think I can speak for Danielle and Joe. I don't think they've been told anywhere else. I think this is just be you, be yourself, cover the league so the viewer knows you're authentic and so is the league.
1: Danielle, Taylor, what Taylor said is is uh, your experience as well, like speak your mind. We're, we're we're not expecting you to be a total PR agent for, for everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree that that hasn't been brought up at all. Um, and, and to me, I would add the fact that you have Apple that's coming to the table. They're not Historically, a sports yeah. company—they're yeah. not in this world—and they are coming with the perspective of we care about the consumer, we care about the fan. That is core to what they do. And as analysts, as as folks on TV, my loyalty needs to be to the fan. My loyalty needs to be to telling the authentic, real story from my point of view. And so, to me, the fact that that's so central to what we do even makes it easier to to call the shots as we see them, make sure they're fair shots, make sure that they're, you know, honest. And we've done all all of our homework and research, but I always have that as core to what I'm doing when I call a game. um, And especially when I'm being critical.
1: Marcel, did you I have a specific one for you, but if you want to add something to that, feel free. Yeah, let me, let me throw this. Um,
3: If you don't tell the truth, if you don't tell people what you're seeing and what's going on in the field, The audience over the last 25 years has gotten so into soccer and so intelligent. They know the game. They understand the game. Most of them started playing, even if they didn't play as a kid, they started playing it as adults and they understand the game. So when you try to sugarcoat, when you try to tiptoe around certain things, that's where you get in trouble because the fans are like, what the hell is he doing? We just saw it right there. So I I love the fact that, Again, being a neutral broadcast, you can be fair to both teams. You can be critical about both teams, and I think the audience appreciates that because if you're watching a game and a team sucks, you can't say, "Oh, they're doing okay today, you know you just gotta say they're having a rough day, you know and and you move on so yeah, I think that uh I think that uh, it, it's yeah, yeah, I've never been told how to call a game except for once or twice. And that's why I no longer work for that company. <laughs>
1: uh, all right. What, uh a specific thing for you, Marcelo, you are working with uh, Jorge Perez Navarro on games. Um, ah, querida. That's his favorite call. So never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, keep that up. We'll, we'll get, we'll get more downloads. Um, so two things there. One, as the analyst, did you have any say in who your partner would be when they present a particular potential play-by-play people. So that's part one. And the second part and this is interesting to me is the reality is a Spanish language broadcast is going to be different than a English speaking broadcast because the sport is presented differently and I think the viewers are different if we're going to be honest. So have whoever your executives are, producers are at Apple, is there like do you are, are you given the freedom to sort of call a game that you think the Spanish language audience would like to hear versus perhaps maybe how, um, uh, you know, uh, Mark will and Danielle may present it to, you know, an English speaking audience because there really is a difference.
3: You can't compare. You, you, you can't compare. It's it's in Spanish language. If you watch the games, the play by play guy. And I don't know how they do it, but they're just going and rattling and moving and talking and this and that. Next thing you know, I'm telling you, there's a throw-in and you're cooking in the kitchen and there's a long throw-in and all of a sudden it makes you look because they get so excited. So I don't think you compare. The audience is the same. They love their football. They love it. So did I have a choice? No. But when I interviewed, they already knew that me and Jorge worked together. We covered the 2014 World Cup. We worked together covering the national team for almost five, six years with Univision. So I think, they, I'm going to guess they went back and looked at those tapes and saw that we worked together and thought that would be a very good pairing since we covered a lot of gold cups, uh, national team games. So, but again, listen, everybody, everybody calls the game. That's the beauty of, of being a play-by-play guy. I, I, they're, they're the captain of the ship. They yeah. lead the ship. They drive the ship. My job is to make sure when he says the sail, we need to move the sail here. I go there. If he moves the sail to the left, I go there. So, but, uh, you, again, I don't, I don't compare English and Spanish. They're just two different, two different audiences that, uh, again, just, uh, you can't, you can't say this is the right way to call Spanish. That's the right way to call English. It's showing your personality, being authentic to the fans, being authentic to the game. And, uh, if you do all of those things and you have a good relationship with your partner, like I know Jorge, he knows me. We've gone to dinner. We spent six years together almost doing games so it makes it very easy to have that chemistry with him
1: uh the same thing uh taylor i don't know what your relationship was with j i hope i'm pronouncing his name right jake zivin and then um danielle you have uh mark follow and then chris Winningham will be doing games with you so taylor uh did you did they assign you your play-by-play person or were you able to have some input into who you wanted to work with
4: The first time I met Jake was the first time I came to Laguardia Airport, Richard, uh, (laughs) and and met someone random. So when Jake said, "Yeah, I know, I know what you do," I was like, "Good, you'd be my... No, in all seriousness, (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, I actually could picture Jake doing that." Um, I had, I, I mean, obviously, I knew Jake. We traveled to all these games, and ESPN always traveled us. We never stayed and did games um, off monitor after COVID. So you get to know the local broadcasters, you get to know them. Um, Obviously my former partner, John Champion was really close with Jake Zivin, really close. Um, And so uh, it's going to be interesting, but unlike Marcelo that's got six years history, I got none. So it's exciting for me. Um, My favorite part of the entire project of being a color commentator for this I don't know my schedule six weeks or not. I love that because for the last 14 years of my life, I was handed a schedule and all it would take in this league is one or two key injuries to a team that at ESPN, you were going to do seven, eight times last year, Atlanta United, a good example. You ended up not doing the biggest game or the biggest storyline. So you then had to create, that's where this is going to get real fun from my perspective. Uh, But, and I'm looking forward to getting to know Jake on the road. And I think if you had a podcast with him after four weeks, he might put in a uh, a a slip for a change. I don't know if he's going to enjoy traveling.
1: I know we'll see we'll see how that goes. What about you, Danielle? In terms of uh, my sense is that you didn't have a you were assigned your play by play people, and if that was the case, have you? How have you? I don't know if you know them, and if not, how have you tried to figure out some kind of um, uh, chemistry in in a quick amount of time?
2: Yeah. So I, I worked with Mark Folwell a couple of times um, with Fox and, and the Olympics. Yeah, and stuff, so yep. that's been great. And I mean, come on, Mark has like the best voice ever. Like I could listen to that man, read the phone book. Like it's <laughs> going to be so awesome to work with him. Um, but Chris um, I only know him honestly from listening to Grant Wall's. Um, podcasts podcast of years, yeah. right? Like that's that's how I have known Chris. And he and I, like literally exchanged text messages this week for the first time. So, wow. um, so it's going to be a little bit different, But I kind of love that. Um, and, and I think that it's when you work with different um commentators, it brings out different aspects of you as a broadcaster. Um, and yeah, we've got to figure out how to work together. but I, I think that's part of, what makes each game and each uh, each each show
5: unique and so we'll see how it goes i'm looking forward to it Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com audio. Visit iXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: Yeah, a couple more here. Uh, this is specific for you, Danielle. One of the things that I've always appreciated about um, soccer, uh, global soccer uh, in particular, and in particular the last couple of years, is that it's been very much like the NBA. In that the, um, the idea of gender-specific roles does not exist. You see women calling men's games. see women analyzing men's games. Uh, and vice versa, by the way. But again... You know, you watch Fox's World Cup coverage and Kelly Smith is analyzing England versus whomever. It's not Kelly Smith is only assigned to do the women's tournament and has to analyze the U.S. national team. You're obviously a perfect example of this. We've seen this in basketball as well. That's I always feel like that's the most progressive of the sports. But soccer really is up there. And I wonder just from your experience, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like at least in the last, you know, five, ten years, like there's no... No no longer does any sports executive who would be doing the programming and assigning blink, right? When it comes to a woman calling uh men's games, uh, where maybe 30 years ago you would have never seen that. Twenty years ago you wouldn't have seen that.
2: I I definitely think there's progress. I if I'm being honest, I still think that there are probably executives who blink at it, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um okay. Appreciate and, it, but um I, I think that there is tremendous amount of progress. And I think the fact that you can have women calling men's games and men's calling women's games, and, and we're starting to see that across linear TV. We're starting to see that here, you know, with, with Apple and major league soccer, I think it's becoming more normalized, which I think is fantastic. Um, I still think that there's progress to be made. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I have been a part of you know a rising tide, and I'm so grateful that I get to do this um, and, and and call both men's and women's games because sure there are differences, but at the core, it's, it's similar games. <laughs> it's the same same 22 players and the same ball in between 120 and 80 yards, and so um, I think it, it's great that you hear all perspectives and all kinds of voices um, because we all come to this game from a different place. And so it's important to hear those perspectives on TV too.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And uh, hopefully my question was not uh, um, asserting at all that like somehow we're in an even place or anything, like because that's just not the case. But, but things, at least in this sport, seem to be moving in a better direction. Um, totally. And it, I guess I look at it as a contrast, particularly with football, where that that's very much still an old boys network and and very uh, male oriented. But, in, but you know, Richard, this. to ahead, your Joe. to your to your point, the best analyst I've ever learned from is Doris Burke.
4: I mean, yes, I followed I her left and right, and what she did. Right. But what's yeah. interesting,
1: MLA, I MLS actually, should hire her, Taylor, and throw you back to basketball. That would have been an excellent move by MLS.
4: Yeah, but we don't want to ruin. We don't want to ruin the NBA, dude. We really don't want to ruin the NBA. But in Fair all seriousness, Danielle yeah. and I had this conversation, Richard. I've always wanted to be involved with the women's game. I was never asked, and I think Danielle's right on the certain level. Like, it's got our sport is seamless. The men's and the women's game, it's the same sport. It's the same sport. There's nothing. There's the the same tactics, the same mindset, the same uh, concepts and where you're trying to implement certain things. It's got to be way more seamless, I think. And I think Danielle's right. I think executives still blink, obviously, with more female being involved on the male. But, guys, I was at ESPN for almost 14 years and never asked once to be involved with any of the women's games. And I think Danielle would agree with you. Why wouldn't you have your lead soccer guy on the men's side be involved? Whatever role be, it, 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 it then becomes more organic. And I think it, of course. together, inclusive.
1: Yeah, you, I mean, the reality is you want the best voices and the smartest people and the most interesting people on air, regardless of gender. Um, Daniel's right. We're not really close to that yet, but I, I do like the progress that at least has been made because we, we are in thankfully a different place.
6: For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today.
1: Sorry, a couple more here, and then I will let you go. Uh, Teller, I'll start with you on this one. Um, I I am fascinated uh, with Welcome to Wrexham. I I you know I I've been Hollywoodized, you know, call me a sucker, but like I love that series. Like it's phenomenal and it has made me it literally has made me like pay attention to the National League in England. Like which is something I never thought I would do. Like yesterday I was online following mm-hmm. Wrexham playing in Knotts County playing. All right, so congrats yep. to Ryan Reynolds and Rob Mac like I they've got me, <laughs> you know. Those bastards have got me. But so here's what I'm thinking. And it's an amazing story. And, you know, one of the oldest clubs in Europe. And I get that. Like, it, they they also picked a really great place to do it. The people who they highlight in that doc are incredible. Like, it's just an amazing doc. And um, I can't say enough about it. We have seen MLS docs. Like, LAFC um, had one, right? The, there's the Academy. Like, we have seen different ones from time to time. But I, I do want to ask you about this. Because, you know, in my little world here, I can write and tell you chapter and verse that drive to survive is the reason F1 has blown up in the U S no offense to your former executives at ESPN who like to float that it's them. And I'm not saying they didn't help, but I'm a realist. And the reality is this series got people excited about F1 and then people went to F1 and they're like, holy shit, this is incredible to watch. Is there something that could be in effect in MLS where you could pull off one of these drive to survive breakpoint where it's the whole league. And you get people super excited about a docu-series that then brings someone who's honestly just a fan of the documentary into watching the games. Because one thing Netflix has proven is like that this is a game changing thing for potential sports if you have the right doc.
4: Yep. I mean, look at what th- look at what full swing is gonna do to the PJ Tour and Live Tour. It's gonna yeah. take it to a n- degree because Netflix right now has done that. Drive to survive. Is single-handedly the only reason why I got interested in Formula One, and I was all in. So ESPN reaped the benefits of that. This is where the power of Apple is going to be shown. If MLS and Apple look at it and say, all right, we got to let our guard down, and we're going to allow some access that we've never allowed, you can find it. Cello could tell you 50 stories right now that would single-handedly – capture an audience that has zero clue about anything in major league soccer but you got to allow it to happen you got to allow it organically because remember and I'm gonna, I, I'm forgetting the name of it remember the Manchester City doc on Amazon that was an infomercial for Manchester City I yeah, watched all, it yeah
1: all or nothing I do remember It was that. all or nothing yeah, so I did watched
4: I. it but all of us that watched it were like Okay, this is just an infomercial. You've got to allow it to organically happen. And I think Apple has the power and the understanding to present these stories that all of us in this league know of and want to present it and do it in a way that should be. I think it's there to be had, Richard. I just, I don't, I can't look into this camera and say on this Zoom that I think it's going to but I think that's going to be the part of the relationship between Apple and MLS that evolves.
1: Marcel, do you want to add something to that? Um,
3: again, I think if it happens organically, if it happens, cause there are stories back from 96 to where we're at now of traveling, coach traveling and two guys sleeping on the seats. One guy sleeping in the emergency exit, uh, floor cuz you needed to get some sleep um so there's <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of uh i mean we were flying cello cello the revs
4: were flying to la and remember we had an emergency landing in tulsa oklahoma because there was a naked guy trying to open the emergency exit and go. cnn's like interviewing us and everything cello's right there's there's so many yeah, stories we could there's tell there's a lot of stories richard i was not the naked yeah. guy i was not the naked thank guy. you for
1: clarifying that cello <laughs>
3: But again, like Taylor said, there's so many stories that would let people, allow people to see how we started, what it was. And uh, and I think it would be interesting and beneficial to the league because every team had some interesting Miami fusion, how that whole thing erupted. And so there's just a lot of cool things I think that could happen. I think it will. I think it will in time with Apple when they get their feet and everything kind of settles down. Because, you know, what, it's the first year – you're just trying to make sure everything goes out well you do a good job you want to present it well but i think in time you'll see you'll see stuff like the the show the boardroom that they're doing now you'll see stuff yeah. like that and i think that some of these stories from 96 97 98 that initial phase will be uh a few a uh, few wonderful uh, seasons and episodes of uh, mls
2: <laughs> what's interesting to me and and i actually richard be interested like what draws us to these shows the ted lassos the rexms the whatever it's it's actually not the sport right like it's it's the character and the storylines around it and so to me that's like the next level we've brought been brought in here to talk about soccer that's where our expertise is and so how apple how major league soccer layers these different character pieces and storylines on top of that that's going to be like the real interesting innovation, I think, if we can get. Do you know what the
4: best story right now would be is if we had a camera and a microphone following Jorge Mas as he chases Lionel Messi around the world. I mean, that would single
1: handedly do. That is right. I
4: mean, could you imagine right now where he's been and who he's talked to? That's the access you got to give. That's amazing
1: a perfect segue Taylor, Cause that is where I want to end this with Leo Messi. So you're, you're producing this podcast beautifully. <laughs> um, I'm going to start, I want all three of you to answer this, but I want to start with you, Danielle. Um, or I, I, I don't know if Marcelo knew Grant. Wall. I assume he did. I mean, I feel like Grant knew everybody. So I know Taylor was very close with him. Obviously I was very close to him and Danielle, you mentioned you listen to his podcast. You know, he wrote a very famous book when David Beckham came to the United States, the Beckham experiment, and sort of what that impact uh, was, would be, could be. And there's a lot of ways to look at like Beckham. Like I, I, those who say it's a failure, I think are incorrect. Was it, did it game change the, did it game change the league? No, but in some ways it was success just because he arrived and all the attention that was given to the league because of his arrival. Leo Messi would be an entirely different ball game. You are talking, I don't even know if it's arguably, I I think that is the world's most famous athlete. Maybe someone else can, can come up with somebody else and it would be a soccer player, obviously, but he's in the conversation in terms of the world's most, literally the world's most famous athletes. So regardless of when he came here at whatever his age would be, it it would be game changing because it goes way beyond the league. It, It would be a global sports story. So, Danielle, I just want to get your impression. I don't know if it will happen. Obviously, I know Inter-Miami is very interested. But if, let's say, Messi was in this league in 2024, what do you think that would mean? And I I want to make it open-ended.
2: I mean, I I, I feel like I don't even have a good answer to that because everything I say would be cliché. But the only comparison that I can make it is, if you're looking back to David Beckham and the 95, before World Cup being like chapter one, 2026, the World Cup coming here and Lionel Messi would be chapter seven. Like it's just, it's, it would be huge. It would be, it would be massive. Um, And I'm just going to speak it into existence and I'm going to say it's (laughs) going (laughs) to happen.
1: Marcelo, I'll, I'll go to you and then we'll finish. Being a
3: blue Argentine here. um, Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, there there's phases in this league and there's stories in this league. Like Danielle said, there's certain phases. I'm not sure, even if the World Cup comes to the United States, that it's going to be bigger than Lionel Messi coming to Miami to Major League Soccer because of the fact of the impact he has. Most watched World Cup final because of Lionel Messi. Everybody wanted to see him win that World Cup. To see this league keep growing and developing, um, to see an exciting player like that want to come to the United States and play in Major League Soccer um, is something... I'm going to go with Danielle. We're all going to think positively that this is possibly going to be right there um, with the financials and everything. But, uh, yes, we knew what David Beckham did. And we knew what David Beckham did when he left. And we saw the legacy he left behind. Um, we won't know the total impact of what Lionel Messi come into this league, or even Ronaldo at a certain point, come into this league until yeah, they we- retire and leave. And we'll see what they have left behind, like Beckham did. Um, it's going to take a lot of money, we know that. but uh, and if you don't have Miami on your roster, you, or you don't have Miami on your schedule, you're going to be pissed. So that's another thing Major League Soccer is going <laughs> to happen. I mean, that could be the first schedule where you have to go to every single team and only play them home and away so you can get Lionel Messi effect. But uh, I don't even think you can put into words what Lionel Messi could do for, for soccer in the United States and MLS.
1: Taylor, I'll leave it with you. The last thing I'll say is, you know, you worked at a network where you saw the power of LeBron. Right You saw the power of Patrick Mahomes. like, you know, you you understand, like literally you have people who could tell you who could bring to you the viewership stuff, right? Show X talks about subject Y. Look at how this stuff pops. Um, you know, I was alive when Pele i was I was very young, but like, you know, like Pele coming to New, to New York was huge. I think this would be exponentially bigger because we just live in a bigger world now, social media world. It's a much more global world. And then lastly, if it did happen, it game-changes the entire Apple MLS uh, buy. It, it. I mean, this property becomes infinitely different. It's just a much more valuable property. So I don't want to put words into your mouth, but there are very few moves that could happen, in my opinion, that would be bigger than if this guy ends up in the United States playing soccer.
4: Well, I don't think there's a bigger move. I think this is the biggest move. I really do. Um, you got to remember, from the Apple perspective, it's a global... Entity now in the sense that 108 countries get the same broadcast. There's no blackouts. If Messi comes, I have no idea what the ratings going to be in Argentina, in Italy, in Spain. Like it's all over the world. It resonates. It transcends the league. It transcends the sport. So I I don't even know how to quantify that. You're also talking to an NASL baby. I was born in the NASL. My father played during the Pelé era. This is Pelé 2.0. And Marcelo's 100% correct. I can't tell you anything because I don't even know how to judge it. But David Beckham's era was a huge success. Over 16 stadiums have been built since he came into this league. Hmm. 10 expansion franchises. So his impact was off the field. And he was a good player. But this isn't the best player arguably ever. I think if Lionel Messi comes this year, let alone the beginning of 2024, leading into the World Cup, it is a rocket ship to the moon that I am not going to do it any justice. But I think you're talking about what Pelé did to the NASL times 10, because it is now a global brand and Apple 100% will reap the benefits of that because now Major League Soccer is going to be in homes that they never were in. And like Cello said, they're going to play a 75-game schedule to make sure every he ends up in Vancouver twice a year.
1: <laughs> it would be amazing. I mean, there really – there is no equivalent I can think of if sort of that happens. And it doesn't mean MLS is going to become the NFL. It's just what it means within that universe and how exponentially the sport can grow because of that guy.
4: Well, Richard, uh, what if he plays in Copa America as an inner miami player? That's – like I don't know how to quantify that.
1: Huge, Taylor. Lots uh, of zero. You know, again, like the, yeah, the the it would it would It's very hard I'm to show my age it's, here. Yeah, I it's... was a ball boy for the LA Aztecs. I saw
3: Pele play. Damn it!
1: Did you did you see
3: Christ I <laughs> saw All the the LA Aztecs. Anybody that came in, I was a ball boy. Man, I was like ball boy for like six. Oh, games. that's awesome. So.
1: I, I'm such, yeah, I'm such a soccer nerd. Like I love looking at those old NASL clips of like yeah. George Best and Cruyff and yeah. Pele play. It's like so fat. And like there were guys who just played for like, it seems like a game or two who were like these all timers. It was like, it's so awesome. Like, and I saw, I remember highlights of Cruyff uh, <coughs> in Washington. He was a diplomat for a little bit. It's uh, if you can get into a YouTube uh, rabbit hole. Very easily of uh, the other
3: person over there. I watched. I remember watching a game where this dude's doing a diving header into a guy who's trying to clear a fucking ball. I mean, side volley this ball, and and this dude. I was trying to. Who the frick is Taylor Twelman? Dicking his head in to that ball. It scores a goal. But you know, those are the good old days of uh, throwing your skull into a uh, into a volley to get a goal. So.
1: No, no. Teller, by the way, Teller right now is just, uh, he's on one of those just because he wants more views on those YouTube highlights. Yeah. So,
4: well, I do. Absolutely. I'm trying to get as many clicks. But the problem with that now, Cello, is every time the microwave or the telephone rings, I piss myself. Yeah. Well, at least you don't pass out like we did. <laughs> this yeah. this yeah. podcast is evolving.
1: It <laughs> is. Daniel, Keith, Danielle, thank you for being the only professional in this entire podcast, including myself, by the way. All right. Uh, you have just uh, heard uh apple and major league soccer's match analyst marcelo baboa daniel slayton and taylor twelman uh starting february 25th mls season pass will be home to all mls league cup matches you get mls next pro mls next games um uh, th- as those guys mentioned they have all sorts of uh shoulder programming around it including a uh, a live whip around show they have countdown pre-game coverage um if you're a fan of MLS, like you've now, you, I mean, at least from the stuff that I've seen, like the cut, you can't really honestly even compare the coverage to what it was before to what it's going to be. It's, it's sort of like, it's just a global years ahead. Um, I wish all three of you luck. I think you're, uh, I admire you guys, um, sort of forging yourself into what's really a new media adventure. And, uh, and I, I really can't wait to talk to you. Let's say, whether it's six months or a year from now, because, uh, my sense is a lot of what I'm asking you is going to be very, very different just because you'll have gone through it. Um, so, Marcelo, Danielle, and Taylor, thank you uh, so much today for your time and joining me on the Sports thank Media you. Podcast. Thanks. All right, back in the studio, my thanks to Marcelo, Danielle, and Taylor for uh, it was a great conversation, a lot of fun. And uh, Taylor uh, told him it was indeed at Guardia Airport uh, taping this, so I appreciate uh, him making some time. You could head to the archives. There should be some stuff that you enjoy. Previous podcasts before this to Sean Reed and Evan Drellich. They are my colleagues at The Athletic. Sean has a new uh, podcast series uh, from The Athletic called Between the Lines and that's a narrative podcast about what it means to be black in the NFL. And Evan has a new book on, um, on the Astros cheating scandal when fixes everything how baseball's brightest minds created sports' biggest mess. If you go uh, on the archives you also find a conversation with Larry McReynolds and mike joy they are the uh, longtime uh, fox broadcasters and uh, we did some nascar stuff on the eve of the daytona 500 jim trotter i'm going viral with rihanna and questioning roger goodell adam adnan burke and adam amin we're on this podcast not too long ago kevin burke Greg olson in the archives should uh, provide you with um, stuff that uh, you enjoy at least not going to hope so Anyway, I want to thank Patrick Antonetti as always for all his hard work. Thanks to everybody KMs13 for their support, and thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.